Welcome to episode 139 of Morning Kickoff, a weekly Vikings football podcast where we cover all news football. I'm your host, Matt Witt, and today we are live on youtube.com slash Matt Witt, or you can listen to other pre-recorded podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. We live stream every Monday and Thursday morning. You can come check us out or, again, listen to all the pre-recorded podcasts. Today is Thursday, December 9th, and the Minnesota Vikings will host the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight, a very... A very unique episode here as we're live streaming on the day of the game where we'll talk about the game. So a lot more updates than we usually have uh, looking into Sunday's games. Uh, now we have a more updates of who's going to play and who's not going to play. And we're going to talk about all this on today's episode. We also have a guest joining us uh, around 930 or later. Um, we'll be joining us to also talk about um, it's a special one. So I don't want to say uh, say a whole lot on them, but we'll obviously talk about the Minnesota Vikings because this is a Vikings podcast, but we're also going to talk about other sports as well. Minnesota sports teams, because there's more than just the Vikings. Again, Minnesota Vikings will host the Steelers and we'll talk about all this on today's episode of morning kickoff. I hope you all do enjoy. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? If you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do and would like to help out, there will be a link in the description that will bring you to my merch store. At this store, we sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs and all of the profit earned will go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you all, and enjoy the show. Happy game day, Minnesota Vikings fans. The Vikings will host the Pittsburgh Steelers on primetime, wearing primetime purple, this Thursday on Thursday Night Football. Today, tonight, the 6-5-1 Steelers, 7-20 Central Time. Game will be on Fox and also on Prime Video. Vikings are three-and-a-half point favorites in this matchup, which... which Coming off of a loss against the Steelers, three and a half point favorites is pretty generous for the um for Vegas to give that to us. But as a whole, Vikings are the better team than the Steelers. We have a lot of our players coming back. Obviously, we were without seven of our 22 starters last week against the Lions. Now having these players coming back and getting a home game, which is very, very, very crucial when it comes to where the Vikings are sitting at, at um their spot in the division right now. Vikings need this win badly. And this is a needed win on primetime again and vikings are miss are without some of their starters but it's not as bad as it was last week taking a look into the vikings wednesday injury report the vikings pretty much final injury report we know who's going to play and who's not going to play as it is game day right now adam thielen as expected was ruled out with an ankle injury went down during the first series of the lions game christian derisa also ruled out this is a huge loss again he didn't play last week against the lions and will not play this week as well with an ankle injury hopefully we don't see Oli udo start at left tackle Hopefully we see Rashad Hill start there instead. Uh, Dalvin Cook, this is very surprising. Dalvin Cook was expected to miss two to six weeks going forward with the NFL and with the Minnesota Vikings team. He only missed the game against the Lions. He's already back at practice. Dalvin Cook, limited participant during Wednesday's practice with a shoulder injury. Blake Lynch, also another limited participant with a hip, a hip injury. Blake Lynch, huge last game against the against the Detroit Lions. Now we obviously have bar back, so we won't get as much playtime. But again, Blake Lynch is a great player to have on your team. But Dalvin Cook being limited is massive because Dalvin Cook obviously is like the core of the core player in this Vikings offense, of course. But again, just seeing him as a limited participant, even if he doesn't play in this matchup, that means going forward, we're going to see Dalvin Cook come back in the next two to three weeks. And that is, this is good news for Vikings fans. This is great news for Vikings fans. And um, great news for my fantasy team as well, because I don't want to go against Alexander Madison, who's with the top guy. But as a whole, this is great news for the Minnesota Vikings to have Dalvin Cook come back. Now, I understand Alexander Madison has done a great job. But like I said, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play in this game, which it's a game time decision, they'll make the decision uh, probably a few hours before the game. Alexander Madison can definitely take that starting role, and this will really test what he's capable of. 
because we've seen Alexander Madison. Did I say Delvin Cook? We've seen how Alexander Madison can play so far this season. He's had uh, three games started so far this season. All games had over 100 scrimmage yards. Those three games were against the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions, and the Seattle Seahawks. Now he's going up against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense. This would be huge. We really need to see what Alexander Madison is capable of, what Kane Owango can do, and what AJ Rose, hopefully, I mean, he's not going to play. I wish he was activated. I don't know why he's still on a practice squad. But if he does come out, um, I mean, he won't in this game. But going forward, I would like to see some AJ Rose action. But this is great news to see that Dalvin Cook has already returned to practice, only missing one game on an ankle injury. I mean, or a shoulder injury, sorry. We thought he was going to be out the rest of the season and be back if the for a late season playoff push for the Vikings. But taking a look into the Steelers' notable injuries, Steelers are without three of their starters in this game. Joe Hayden was ruled out with a foot injury. Joe Hayden, obviously one of the best corners in football. Um, without him, they have Cam Sutton, who will be starting at corner and going up against... Justin Jefferson, they're going to need a double, triple team Jefferson. And I Jefferson's still going to total over 100 yards if you triple team him. So without Joe Hayden, this is a huge loss for that Steelers defense, uh, especially going up against a great passing defense like the Minnesota Vikings have. Isaiah Bugs, their starting nose tackle, was ruled out with an ankle injury. One of their core players against the run hasn't had a great season so far. But again, they're going to have their backup come out there. So Vikings run game is going to be open against that Steelers defense up the middle. BJ Finney, obviously great left left guard, was ruled out with a back injury as well in this game. So we kind of uh, have a good idea of the injuries that we'll be going into. There's that Joe Hayden injury is massive because even if Joe Hayden's out there, he can't go one-on-one -on -one against Jefferson. But seeing Cam Sutton, if they, if they go man-to-man -man on Jefferson one-on-one, -on -one, Jefferson is lighting up the field as he did the last couple games. I mean, without Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, you'd expect that, especially with them without uh, Joe Hayden, assuming Dalvin Cook doesn't play, you would expect them to at least double team Jefferson, right? I feel like even if you double team Jefferson, he's still totaling almost 200 yards in this game. As long as the Vikings know how to run their offense. And that brings me on to my next thing, because um, first of all, a lot of our starters are going to come back, and I have to mention that here. Anthony Barr will be back. That'll be great. Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks was the game changer. Uh decision against the Detroit Lions we would have won if we have Eric Hendricks out there Patrick Peterson will be back so three core starters on our defense uh, Cam Bynum also will be back as well so those are four of our starters on defense that will be back in this game and can really help us especially going up against that Steelers offense who might not be the best in the NFL but we make every offense look like the best in the NFL so having those players come back will be huge um, but if the Vikings want to win this game Vikings are one of the best offenses in football we are the youngest offense in football and we are top five. That's why when I say rebuilding, we don't really have to rebuild this offense because we're all young guys. The youngest offense in football and we are top five in the NFL right now. Why? Because we have Justin Jefferson on our team. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings look great when they target Justin Jefferson. How can they win in this game revolving around the pass? You have to be an aggressive offense. You have to take shots down the field all game long, especially when you're going up against that Steelers defense. Now, the Steelers defense, I know they have some of the great playmakers or players in the NFL. Obviously, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, uh, Minkus Fitzpatrick. Like, they have some stars, some big-name players. But as a whole, you look at their team. They Just like the Minnesota Vikings, where they have stars in their defense, they also have holes. And that's the reason why, so far this season, the Steelers are 26th in yards allowed and 21st in points allowed. So Vikings should have a field day on offense. Despite the fact that they have an excellent pass rusher with Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, I mean, future Hall of Famer and TJ Watt is also making a case for himself as a future Hall of Famer. So those are two great pass rushers, and you know that they're going to be in Kirk Cousins' face all game. But the thing is, is it comes down to just being an aggressive offense. You have to revolve around the pass. 
I don't care if Dalvin Cook is out there. I don't care if Alexander Madison is out there. I don't care if the run defense might not be top 10 in the NFL. You want to revolve around the pass. Why? Because it doesn't matter what defense you play. You look the best when you take shots down the field. I'm not talking about third and short or third and long and you do a two-yard pass to Tyler Conklin. I want to see you revolve or you revolve around Justin Jefferson, obviously, as your center point of this offense, but also use some other playmakers. I mean, you don't have to give it to Tyler Conklin 10 times in this game. I love Conklin. He has a huge catch radius. He's one of the best red zone threats on our team, but he can't make plays after the catch. And as a tight end, that's crucial to be able to make plays after the catch because you're going to be getting two-yard catches that you're going to have to turn into a first down. It's fine if you do this play, if you experiment on first down. When it's third down, just stop giving it to Tyler Conklin. It's not that hard. You have to throw beyond the sticks to KJ Osborne, beyond the sticks to Justin Jefferson. These are the two players I want to see be the center point, be the focal point of this Vikings offense. Even if Dalvin Cook is back, you have to be an aggressive offense if you want to continue to win games. Now, when it comes down to that, it really, it's not just being an aggressive offense. It's how Kirk is going to perform under pressure. Because one thing about Kirk Cousins, he's an accurate passer. I get that. His stats don't lie. He has a, he's very accurate. I believe I, I can't remember it right now. I think it's, it does he have 30 touchdowns yet? 30 passing touchdown on just three interceptions or something like that. That is a 10 touchdown to interception ratio. He's a very accurate passer. He's top five right now, I believe, in the NFL in passing yards as, as well. I'm going to have to check this, but I believe he is uh, top five in passing yards as well. So his stats don't lie. Kirk Cousins has been having a career year so far with the season, so far this season with the Minnesota Vikings. Problem is, how is he going to perform under pressure? Is he going to take sacks? Is he going to throw the ball away? Is he going to force it into double coverage? Or is he going to be able to make plays with his legs and with his arms is he going to be able to move outside the pocket to buy himself enough time to thread that ball into justin jefferson's hand that's what it comes down to because he's going to be rushed all game long we don't have christian darissa starting at left tackle who are they going to start at left tackle rashad hill Oli udo i mean it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day whoever they start at left tackle they're not going to be able to protect for Kirk Cousins when they're going up against TJ Watt if he lines up on that side. TJ Watt lines up on both sides uh, or Cam Hayward, wherever he was going to be. They're going to be in Kirk Cousins' face all game long. And Kirk Cousins, it's going to come down to him. He's going to have to be the MVP. They're going to have to put the ball into his hands if the Vikings want to win this game. Because it really comes down to how he can perform under pressure. Because we've seen what he's been able to do. Even last game or week one or previous games, we've seen him be able to use his legs. Problem is his decision-making where he can run for an easy first down or force the ball into double coverage. He typically chooses the worst option, and that is forcing the ball into double coverage. If you remember two weeks ago in the two-point two conversion, Kirk Cousins could have took three extra steps and ran in for the two-point conversion. Instead, he grounded the ball to Justin Jefferson. Just a terrible play. I mean, that was one of the reasons why the Vikings lost uh, two weeks ago. But as a whole, Vikings, if they are aggressive offense, if Kirk can perform under pressure, then the Vikings offense will be scoring at least 30 points in this game. And it is just that simple because that is our potential as an offense with or without Dalvin Cook. We are a great offense. Alexander Madison, so far, I'm assuming that he's able to hold his own. I'm assuming that he's able to do the job. Um, this is really going to test him, like I said, how it's the Steelers defense and a lot different than playing the Detroit Lions twice and the Steelers or and the uh, Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks is what I mean to say here. 
a complete different game when you're going up against that 3-4 of a defense. Uh, their linebacker group is amazing as well. They also have a great safety duo with Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds. So they have a lot of star players on their defense. It really just comes down to the holes in their defense where you can, the run game is available. The run game is available on first down on third and short. I'm fine with the Vikings running the ball. I'm saying you have to be a pass first team. You have to be a pass heavy team and an aggressive offense. If the Vikings want to win this game. Now on the other side of the ball, when you're looking at the defense, you have to blitz. You have to. It's the reason why the Vikings did not beat the Detroit Lions was because they didn't blitz in the final drive of the game, which was stupid because you're going up against Jared Goff. Now, if you're ranking quarterbacks about worst quarterbacks under pressure, Jared Goff is probably number one. Who's number two? Ben Roethlisberger. You are playing two terrible quarterbacks when, when pressured. The Vikings defensive line cannot get to the quarterback anymore. We're without Daniel Hunter. We're without Everson Griffin. We don't have Stephen Weatherly on our team anymore. We can't get to the quarterback off of the edge anymore. Of the middle, it's very hard as well. I mean, these are big defensive linemen who have to power through the guys if they want to close the pocket inside on Ben Roethlisberger. But what I'm looking at here, Vikings have to blitz because I don't have faith in these defensive ends. DJ Wanham has done a decent job, but I don't have faith in this Patrick Jones guy or Kenny Willekes or whoever is playing alongside DJ Wanham. He needs help. Wanham needs help rushing Ben Roethlisberger. Who do you have in your team? Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Nick Vigil. I don't care who it is. Xavier Woods. Blitz this player, Mackenzie Alexander. Blitz them and get to Ben Roethlisberger. Apply pressure on the quarterback because that's your number one job as a defense is just pressure Ben Roethlisberger because what quarterback makes mistakes the most under pressure? Probably Jared Goff first, who you played last week and you didn't blitz. But then it's Ben Roethlisberger. And that's why the Vikings should blitz him all game long, especially with Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks back, who have been great blitzers so far this season. I mean, Anthony Barr has not been utilized properly, but Eric Hendricks, I believe he has four sacks so far this season, which is incredible, especially as a middle linebacker, to be able to use him that much against the pass. So those, that's really it. The, grief, the three key factors on why the Vikings should win this game. Aggressive offense, Kirk under pressure, and blitzing. If you do all three of those things properly... Vikings are taking home this win, and it's going to feel so good. People will forget about the... No, they won't forget about the Detroit Lions lost. That still pains me, but the Detroit Lions lost will be overshadowed by the fact that on prime time, lights are on, everybody's watching, Vikings can look good. In those three simple spots, being an aggressive offense, because that's when our offense looks the best, is char targeting Justin Jefferson on 20-yard gains, blitzing Ben Roethlisberger, and of course, last but not least, Kirk Cousins, how he can perform under pressure, because especially without Christian Derrissaw, it's going to be brutal. We saw how that offensive line looked last week. Charles Harris was putting Kirk all over the field, which was just painful to watch that game. Charles Harris, I'm very happy for him, though. I'm very happy, of obviously, with the uh, Miami Dolphins is reviving his career with the Detroit Lions right now, which Detroit, <laughs> Detroit is usually where careers go to die, but Charles Harris has uh, changed that narrative a little bit right now. The bold prediction of the week. KJ Osborne will have a career high receptions and receiving yards. Now, is this a bold prediction? Yeah, I think it is. Why? Because last week when Adam Thielen went down, Vikings didn't target KJ Osborne very often. That What I'm saying here is KJ Osborne's got to get 10 targets at least and over 100 yards receiving for him to get this bold prediction. So that is a bold prediction. And last week you saw when uh, Adam Thielen went down, the Vikings tried to utilize 
Tyler Conklin more into the offense, giving him a lot more playtime. And I don't hate the decision. I'm a huge Tyler Conklin fan. I love him, especially coming out of the fifth round, due for a new contract after the season. I like I like Tyler Conklin on our offense. But if you want to win games, you don't you don't third and long run two yard passes to Tyler Conklin. I'll check down to Tyler Conklin and expect him to somehow get eight yards after the catch when he's Tyler Conklin. So as a whole, KJ Osborne, very versatile receiver, runs uh, excellent routes and amazing with his hands. He comes down with the best balls. I mean, just an excellent player to have on your team, KJ Osborne. I want to see him more in utilized into this Vikings offense with Adam Thielen out and with expecting that Dalvin Cook is out now. I'm surprised that he's even questionable right now and not already ruled out. I love to see that happen. Expecting that Dalvin Cook will miss today's game. I want to see KJ Osborne utilized more into that offense. And Adam Thielen, obviously also at down, should be coming back in a couple weeks. But KJ Osborne, career high receiving receptions and career high receiving yards. Final prediction, Minnesota Vikings will win another close game. It either we lose close games or we win close games. There is no in between. It will come back, come down to the final play once again. Minnesota Vikings will win this game 30 to 23 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A seven point win. Every game so far this, uh, this season by the Minnesota Vikings have been decided by one score. And I expect that trend to continue in this game on primetime. Vikings win 30 to 23 against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. Let me know what y'all think. We're joined by a special guest. We're joined by Jake, creator of Purple Rain Vikings, a segment or um, Instagram account where he uploads, if I have this right, uh, memes, kind of uh, updates with the Minnesota Vikings. Do I have that right? Yeah, I think so. I like to have fun and post some memes once in a while. That's awesome. And he does a great job. So you guys should check him out at Purple Rain Vikings on Instagram. Uh, do you also have a Twitter? Or is it just Instagram memes or fan page? Well, I do have Facebook and I have YouTube. I have not done anything with my YouTube yet, but maybe I'll get some, I'll, I'll definitely get something going eventually. Okay, sure. sweet. If you guys would like to check that out, we're going to link all that in the description below. But today, focus on this Minnesota Vikings team. One day removed since they've lost to the Detroit Lions, the laughing stock of the NFL. I think we're respectively now the laughing stock of the NFL after that yeah. loss. Minnesota Vikings lose to the Detroit Lions. And we're going to talk about how the Vikings can rebuild going forward. So, Jake, what's the first step to rebuilding this Minnesota Vikings team? Well, it all starts with coaching staff. So let's get rid of this. Let's fire Mike Zimmer. You know, let's get fired Clint Kubiak. I mean, it's just they've had no excuses this year. And our record at this point is like, what, five and seven? Last year, mm -hmm. we were like six and six, I believe. And we're actually much worse than that. Uh, which it's not supposed to be a thing. So, yeah, like I said, you know, considering that this was a no-excuse year, Mike Zimmer, Clint Kubiak, and anybody else needs to go. Uh, most of the coaching staff, I'm not sure if I'd say all of them, but I would say a good part of them. I, I'm i not sure about Steelman, but, you know, he could go either way for me. I, I, I don't know, but I know for sure that Zimmer and Clint Kubiak need to go. And – Aside from coaching staff, you know, maybe look at some player contracts like, you know, Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying he's the problem, but, you know, he, I believe he has a $45 million cap hit next year. I'm not sure. I, I think that's actually correct, but I don't know if the Vikings are going to want to play on that. So they might be trying to find a trade partner now. Who the heck's going to want to take on that contract? I'm not sure. But, you know, a quarterback that's desperate. I mean, I, I mean, a team that's desperate for a quarterback, I could probably see that making sense. You know, Barr, I don't, I think Barr's a free agent. You know, we probably just let him go, you know, plus he makes too much money anyway. 
considering that he's been, you know, injured half this entire year. And for last year, since he missed pretty much all of last year, despite, despite playing two games, you know, uh, Harrison Smith, look, I love Harrison Smith. He's probably my favorite Viking safety of my lifetime, but mm-hmm. I think we paid them too big too soon. I think we did that a little bit backwards. I think we should have maybe done that a year or two ago, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, maybe we could try to get him to take a pay cut. If not, then I hate to say it, but maybe we could see him going out the door. I don't think it'll happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if we tried to, you know, cut down his contract or something like that. Cause you know, he can only be hit man for so long, you know, and Dalvin cook, I love Dalvin cook, but you know, a running back can only running backs are, you know, kind of a dime a dozen nowadays. And we could possibly see him leaving considering his injuries and stuff like that. I mean, I, I would hate to see it, but I wouldn't be too surprised. I don't, I don't see him going, but you just, you never know, but his contract, yeah, his contract, especially for how much he can get hurt sometimes can be an issue. And yeah, other than that, you know, I would get, I would get rid of anybody else who may not become, who might not be coming back next year or considering getting, rid of some players with big contracts. Okay. Maybe not getting rid of, but maybe trying to, you know, either, I don't know, just trying to like, uh, what's it called? A re- restructure or whatever you can, or at least try to do whatever you can to get some cap space and yeah, just start from the ground up. Maybe not get rid of it. Not, not saying get rid of everybody, but you know, start, Absolutely. you know, fresh with a new staff and some new players to bring in pretty much. Mm-hmm. And to correct you on that, Kirk is due $35 million in 2022, which isn't quite $45 million, but that's still significantly higher than how he's been performing so far. So Kirk Cousins statistically has had a great year. But you take a step back and you look at it. This is his fourth season with the Minnesota Vikings and zero divisional titles throughout those entire four seasons. Not to mention the fact that he has brought us some of the most disappointing losses, most notable against the Atlanta Falcons last year. And... Kirk's great, and statistically, he did have a good game against the Detroit Lions. Now, based off of the eye test, he missed a lot of his targets and overall did not uh, have a great day, especially because he's throwing short of the sticks on a lot of third downs. But as a whole, even do $35 million in 2022, like the Minnesota Vikings, we don't have to pay that because we're just going to be a mediocre team next year as well if we continue to pay that. So as a whole, who do you think would um, be – the next man up. We don't have to look at uh, Kirk Cousins even trading him. Even if he plays under the 2022 contract, if nobody takes him, I wouldn't be surprised. Even if he t- plays under that contract, do the Vikings need a new quarterback in 2023? I would definitely highly consider it. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Kirk. I think he's a good quarterback at best. But, yeah, there's only – but I also think he's the kind of quarterback to where – you're not really going to change who he is at this point. I mean, he's, he's pretty much who you're going to get. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's been on fire this year, but there's also been some games where he's been pretty iffy, if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense. I mean, sure. Maybe some of his numbers don't, don't, you know, explain the whole story, but at the end of the day, you know, from watching him, you know, especially from yesterday, he kind of looked a little bit flustered with some pressure coming up and, overthrowing his targets you know at times and I get that that happens for a quarterback but it's common of him to do that like when you can get to him easily but yeah I I think he'll be the quarterback next year possibly for his final season whether he uh if he's not traded uh but if I had to answer the question on 
If we should get a quarterback, yeah, I would definitely consider. I know there's Kellen Mond, who we drafted last year, but I, I don't really – I'll be honest, and this is going to be a big take right here. I'm not really confident in him. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't mm-hmm. like the way he looks. I know you can still, you know, fix him. I know that's why he's a developmental player, but I just don't – I just don't feel confident with him just by looking at him. He kind of just looks robotic to me, but, you know, but move it – but. Yeah, if we can get a quarterback who actually looks like they can be ready, you know, yeah, maybe like a year, but, you know, a quarterback that looks ready enough and depending on where we're at in the draft, yeah, I would highly consider. I mean, I know the quarterback draft class is not as strong as it is this upcoming draft class, mm-hmm. but you never know. You could still get a surprise. Like uh, if we're we like in the to top 10, up. yeah, if we're in the top 10, you know, maybe maybe we land on Matt Corral. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know if we'll be that bad, but, you know, I, I, I could maybe consider. Uh, there's also I, – I don't know where he's projected to go, but I like Carson Strong. I mean, yeah, maybe he might be a bit of a raw talent his first year, but, hey, with a new coach, like especially an offensive-minded coach, I think I think he could be something. And if we can get our O-line more stable – uh, and then there's also another guy I kind of like, uh, Sam Howell. I'm not sure where he's projected to go, but I kind of like his potential. Uh, I, I haven't seen enough of him, admittedly, but from little clips, I kind of like what he has to offer. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it just depends on who's going to be there and what – like if we get a new coach, uh, especially an offensive-minded, it's going to be dependent on whether he wants to go a new direction or not. And it's, it's very common, like, like when they bring in a new quarterback uh, – like within their first year because they want to start fresh. But, yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. I mean, once again, I would highly consider it, though. Okay. Yeah, 100%. What about the uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty? Um, I'm not sure about him. I heard he's kind of a bit of a rawer prospect as well. It kind of yeah. sounds like – I'm not saying he's bad or anything, but he kind of sounds a little bit like, like another Mon situation. I'm not saying he's bad, but, like, mm-hmm. I just don't know about him necessarily. I need to – I need to look more into him before I give a full on opinion about him, but I don't think I would take him over the quarterbacks I was talking about, but I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe he'll rise up in like the combine or whatever, or in any other game and maybe I'll get more convinced, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, it's a little interesting with Mon because he's a rookie. So it's so hard to grade him because grading uh quarterbacks off of their rookie season. I mean, we haven't seen anything wrong. Well, we're talking about him in the preseason here, but it's so hard to grade them because Drew Brees, he had a terrible rookie season. I mean, same goes for Peyton Manning to where Kellen Mond, if he understands the playbook, his potential is very high as a dual threat quarterback. So um, I agree that the Vikings have to move on from uh, Kirk Cousins going forward because under him, we know we're not going to win a Super Bowl. As of recently and going yeah. forward, it's just not going to happen because of uh, mm-hmm. mainly our coaching staff, but also as a whole, it's just if it were to happen, it would we would have been close the last three seasons where we haven't even won a division title so far. So it does yeah. start with the head coach though, as you said, um, right now, yesterday, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but uh, Joe Brady was released with the Carolina Panthers offensive. Oh, yeah. So how do you feel if the Vikings, so Vikings will likely not move on for like fire Mike Zimmer right now. It's probably not going to happen until after the Steelers game, because we only have four days until then. If we lose that game. Yeah. I can see him going out. Yep. If we lose the game to Mike Zimmer, I mean, if we lose the game to the Steelers and Mike Zimmer's gone, how do you feel about the Vikings bringing in Joe Brady as uh, our head coach? 
just an look, offensive minded guy. Look, I like the sound of it from the beginning because, you know, his history with Justin Jefferson and, you know, he, I think a lot of us can, you know, thank him for, well, yeah, you could thank We could thank him as Viking fans, but you could also uh, give him a lot of credit for his, you know, development. Cause I don't think a lot of people would have predicted uh, Justin Jefferson to the star wide receiver that he's emerging into. And I mean, the guy is a ridiculous talent and, you know, yeah, Joe Brady is the one to thank. And I know he also brought up Joe Burrow to become the number one overall pick. And, you know, he also developed Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, he has a good history. But in the NFL level, I don't think he's been able to accomplish the same thing because, you know, the NFL is a whole different game than it ever was in college, you know. And, I mean, yeah, I get it. In Carolina, you know, you can argue that Carolina does not have as much talent as we do. But, you know, he started off hot with Sam Darnold, and then that went down the tube real quickly. And, you know, yeah, and then you got Cam Newton, which, you know, you know, Cam's, you know, might be better than Darnold, but really not by much, especially after watching that Miami game that he was just bad. And Joe Brady's offense, you know, it lost some steam after the 3-0 and start, and I don't really – you know, I, I would have maybe considered him a head coaching candidate a few weeks back, but now, especially after being fired, I, I don't really, I don't think I really have any anymore. I don't really want him that much anymore at all. And now, sure, maybe a, maybe with better talent that we have, maybe he could be, you know, better and maybe he'll have more to work with. But, you know, you, you had a decent receiving core in Carolina mm-hmm. and, you know, you had Sam Darnold looking good, but then all of a sudden he just went, down the tube again and you know cam newton you know his i get that he's you know his time is coming up but you know once again you know it's still it's still not really excusable really and i just don't think bringing him in would be great i mean yeah he has history with jefferson but once again i just don't i don't think i would i don't think i want him at all and i would definitely look elsewhere before considering him right so it's it's kind of tough though because you look at all the like top head coaching candidates. I mean, you talk about Eric Bieniemy every year with the Chiefs. You have uh, yeah. Brian Dabble with the Bills. You have a lot of options, but as of right now, like they're all under contracts with their teams. So if Mike Zimmer gets fired after the Vikings, assuming well, they might lose to the Steelers if it happens the way the Vikings been playing, and the Vikings move on from Mike Zimmer, who's his replacement? Well, uh, my top two are Dable and the enemy for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I want Dable more because, you know, the Bills offense as of right now is, you know, outscore has been the team that's outscored their opponents by the most. And yeah, I know Brian Dable has had some bad games. You know, he lost to the Jaguars really badly. And, you know, he also dropped one to the Steelers at the beginning. And yeah, maybe there's been times where, he didn't look as good to his potential because some people I saw saying Josh Allen was not looking as hot as he was last year. Same with Stefan Diggs, but you know, yeah, they, they turned it on quite well. And I know that they dropped one to the Colts really badly the other day. And yeah, I know on a bad day, he seems to be bad, but who doesn't have their bad day, but yeah, I still would consider Dable to be a strong candidate. Now. Yeah. We, the only problem is we'd have to wait a while because you know, he, the bills could, I think the Bills will likely be in the playoffs this year. But, you know, yeah, I think Dable would be a great candidate for this offense. And if he comes in, I could definitely see a new quarterback coming in for for sure. But, you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, Dable would be my top candidate. Uh, Eric Biennemi, you know, we're actually very familiar with him. He was a running backs coach 
from the Vikings a long time ago. What? Uh, especially, yeah, How he did I was. know that? You what did not that? know that. Well, no. if you look it up, uh, he was Adrian Peterson's uh, running back coach uh, in his time. It was one of his first coaching gigs. He was our wow. running back coach. Yeah, if you look it up after the show, uh, you'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he. I'm sure the Wilfs will be familiar with him, and maybe that could give him the overall advantage now. I, I, a lot of fans like him because of what he's done with that Kansas City offense. I mean, some people might, you know, give Reed more credit, but no, I think Eric has done some work too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and everybody else has praised the, the heck out of him. I mean, yeah, sure, what what you expect him to say, but no, I, I think he I think he deserves the credit as well, and I'm sure even Andy Reid himself would tell you. Now, yeah, the Chiefs' offense was not looking like the Chiefs' offense in the middle of the season, but they, they've turned it on quite a bit, actually, and I think they're, they're now starting to finally figure it out and remember who they are, but once again, I don't think that should be – I don't think that should give people a reason to write off the enemy as a candidate. No, the enemy definitely deserves to be a candidate for sure. I, I would, mm-hmm. I'd be happy with either him or, you know, Dave, but once again, it might not be that easy and we'd have to wait a while because, you know, once again, those two teams are going to be in the playoffs uh, guaranteed, I think. So, you know, I, but yeah, they, they should be highly considered and, yeah, you know, yeah, they may have struggled uh, at the beginning, but, you know, who doesn't? I mean, they, they're finally starting to figure it out. And, yeah, they're definitely a top two candidates for me, at least. Yep. Yep. I'm surprised they're not even a head coach by now. I mean, last year you would think that they would have been uh, hired and you would have thought the Vikings would have moved on from Mike Zimmer last year. But as a whole, I think it's very clear what the problem is, and that is in our coaching staff. Through Mike Zimmer yeah. – through Clint Kubiak, and I've talked about it on this podcast. I said, Mike Zimmer will likely be a defensive coordinator with someone next year. Now, Clint Kubiak, on the other hand, his next job is going to be at Amazon Warehouse because (laughs) he cannot coach. He doesn't know how to run an offense. I'm sorry, he's not. Exactly. He doesn't know how to run an offense past 1982. And you can say the same about Zimmer. Yep, he is. He... He's only there because of his dad is exactly what it is. But I hate to say it, but that might be true, actually. Mm-hmm. So do you think the next uh, head coach of the Vikings, whoever it is, whether that's Dable, Bien-Ami, um, Brady, should they also be the offensive play caller? Well, I, I would assume that they're most likely the play caller. Like, for example, with Mike Zimmer as a defensive coach, I assume that he's automatically technically the defensive coordinator, despite it the co-duties being the Patterson and, mm-hmm. you know, ironically enough, his son, who I can also see heading out the door because, well, if you fire the son's dad, then what makes you think he's going to stay here yeah. after all, you know, but going back to the point, uh, yeah, I think, I think the offensive coach will be more of the play caller. And, and I've always assumed that to be honest, because, you know, they're the head coach after all. And, you know, if they're like the offensive coach and I would assume that, they're calling the offense for the most part. Uh, same with a defensive head coach. You know, they're calling the defense for the most part. But, yeah, I definitely think the offensive uh, head coach, uh, hopefully for us next year, will call most of the plays. And, you know, I feel like that's probably the direction that we now need to go because, yeah, we had some fun with the defensive side, but now I'm starting to see some limitations to that. And I think we need to be more open, especially with the talent that we have on our offense. So, yeah, we get a new offensive head coach, let him take over, give him the duties. Don't, I mean, yeah, an offensive coordinator, you know, we'll need that too. And you know, that that's fine. But you know, once again, just give us the offensive coach so we don't have to necessarily worry about every single year on who our offensive coordinator is going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so you talked a little bit earlier on. So I agree. Vikings have to move on from all those players. If they're going to move on from Mike Zimmer, they got to move on from Adam Zimmer. I mean, get his get yeah. his son out of here too, especially because Andre Patterson is the mastermind behind that defense. Like you can keep Patterson. He's been very appreciated. On, do you agree with that? Or I, I think so. I mean, he. I don't think he gets enough appreciation for what he does sometimes. But I, I don't know if he'll personally stick around with Zimmer going. But who knows? I, I think I could see him staying. But I, I don't know for sure. Once again, be depending on his relationship with Zimmer. But you know, he's been around a long time, and he's been through probably some good coaches that he's been friends with that have came and went. I mean, he. I'm sure he was pretty good friends with Leslie Frazier, who's no longer around. But you know, but other than that, you know, I, I could see him sticking around as like the full-time defensive coordinator. I would not want him as a head coach. I, I love him, but I don't think I, I don't think he'd be that good of a head coach. I'm sorry. I just don't think so. But, also, but yeah, I, I would, I would love to keep him around if, if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Also, you just don't want a defensive minded head coach, not in 2021. It's not, just not in these times anymore. Now. Yeah. We got to run this offense. We got to build around Justin Jefferson in this past game. Um, and hopefully whoever our next head coach will be Vikings don't make the same mistake by bringing in a defensive guy. I just want to see. And that's this is what I was saying with uh, Robert Sala as well. I mean, Sala is a great guy and gets a lot of credit from um, a lot of uh, of his people raise him up. And But as a whole, it's just in 2021, you see what teams are doing. You see what works. And yeah. I want that with the Vikings. I want a, I want a Shanahan coming in. I want a LaFleur. I want... Someone, yeah. Sean McVay, I want one of those people to come young in. Young head coach. Exactly. A young offensive guru. That's what I want on my team. That's yes. what I want for our head coach calling the plays, running this offense. Because if we don't do that, Justin Jefferson's gone. He's going yeah, to request a trade. I would hate to see that, but, you know, it, that that's definitely a fact. I mean, we we sadly learned that with Diggs. Even, even though I think Diggs handled it the wrong way, in my opinion, I could now, I, I finally now actually understand this point. And like, I'm starting to see that more because of Justin Jefferson. And now looking at Diggs uh, and the coaching staff, yeah, I'm starting to see a way that he was right. Mm-hmm. And I almost can't really blame him that much anymore, but you know, it is what it is. Hopefully we can learn from that mistake and Justin Jefferson can be ours for the next decade. Mm-hmm. And he talked a little bit on uh, clearing up money. So Jefferson after this year, he has one more year under his contract before he's due for a contract extension. Right now, the Vikings are giving a lot of their salary cap to the same few players, uh, yeah. specifically two players who you mentioned here, and that is uh, Anthony Barr, who Anthony Barr is not going to come back. I don't think he would ever. No, he's come done. Back. He's he's gone. He's has to. If Zimmer's gone, he's not coming back. Uh, I wouldn't bring him back regardless, though. Mm-hmm. And they're just not blitzing him. Like that's the problem. They're just not no. utilizing him properly. But on top of that, another player I want to mention here, and a lot of Vikings fans will probably get mad about this one, but Dalvin oh. Cook. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I love Cook, but we, yeah, his contract. You, I mean, yeah, there's the debate that you don't pay running backs anymore. And, yeah, it, there's definitely a solid case for that. I mean, look at uh, Christian McCaffrey, for example. I mean, he has not been the same since getting paid that much money. I mean, he's been – at the time, he's been on IR, and, you know, it sucks because he's a great player, but – you can only do so much when you're, you know, on the field actually, but we have not seen that from him. And, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, after getting paid, now he's suddenly biting the injury dust and Derrick Henry, you know, 
I mean, yeah, he was playing up to his contract and, you know, he's a monster of a man, but that injury finally got to him. And yeah, he's still leading the league and uh, second uh, in leading the league in rushing, but you know, it's, you can only do so much for a running back, especially when the offense relies on you to, you know, carry them through. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I hope he doesn't fall in that category too, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised. And there's lots of other running backs out there that, were paid and that did not exactly work out. You know, Bell, Freeman, Gurley, you know, it's, you you know, yeah, it sucks about what happened to him, but, you know, it, it's still an example. But, yeah, you know, going back to Dalvin Cook, I wouldn't be surprised if we moved on. I, I don't know if we – I don't think we will, but I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Plus, Madison, you know, he's arguably yeah, – Madison could start anywhere else if – if we could, I, I don't think he's as good as Cook, but maybe he doesn't need to exactly. I mean, I mean, I want to be more of a passing offense going forward, but you know, once again, when it comes to running the ball, I I, I think Madison could get the job done just fine, and hopefully, uh, Kane Nwangu. Uh, pardon me if I say his name wrong, but you know, I I think he could develop into a nice you know option too. I mean, yeah, I know he didn't look that great when he actually did get snaps, but you know, maybe. But hey, you know, it's one game so far, you know, let's, you know, let's continue to let it play out, you know, definitely. Also, AJ Rose, got to throw him in. There oh, yeah, I forgot about him. AJ I, Rose. I, I don't get why we did not activate him. Like, that I'm, is I'm, exactly I'm, what I've been saying. I mean, yeah, Delvin like, Cook goes out with the injury and he's still on our practice squad. Yeah, like, why? Why is he still there? Like, I, I don't I don't get that. I don't either. I mean, you're giving snaps to Kanate Wongo. Now, credit to him. I mean, he's a very he's hard he's easier to bring down than aj rose would be and that's why i want to see aj rose or oh, yeah. it'd be easier to bring down than aj rose who lit up the preseason and he's a player i would love to see more of um going forward but still don't understand why he's on a practice squad he's another player who might leave if he has to stay there i mean um yeah they're keeping him there and he has the option to leave eventually even though he is protected under uh the contract right now but Going forward, a team might just snag him up off our practice squad, but that's a player, another player who should be a running back three. And aren't we? It's like our only position where we're this deep in is running back, which is why getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a proposal here. So you agree that the Vikings need a quarterback, and next year, if the Vikings want to get a quarterback, it is not the best spot to be drafting to get a quarterback is anywhere where the Vikings are going to be picking, assuming they'll be picking late 10s, early 20s, somewhere around there. Um, it's going to be hard for the Vikings to get up a get a quarterback there, unless if they trade up. If they trade into the top 10, they can find um, a different quarterback, uh, one of the ones that you mentioned here, or else you have uh, the guy out of Pitt uh, who will likely go first. Um, Vikings could trade up and try to draft one of those players. Um, what if they offered, I'm going to make a proposal here, if they offered Dalvin Cook, to get somewhere around the tw- the 10th pick, Dalvin Cook and their first round pick. Would that be worth it? Or would they be able to get it? I maybe. I think it just depends on the team overall. Uh I I could definitely maybe consider that. But I mean, yeah, it'd be it would suck to see Dalvin go, but I if it was for the future and considering that quarterbacks are much more valuable by far, I'm yeah, I, I think it I think it could. I think there could possibly be more things you can add to the trade. I'm not sure exactly what, but yeah, I think that would definitely be a consideration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Madison's ready to be a starting running back if he is. I, I think so. I mean, he's not cook, but you know, maybe he doesn't have to be. I mean, 
he could he could be his own thing in the way. I think this Steelers game really going to test that because Madison, I'm a Madison yeah. guy. I like him, but he's been getting too much love by Vikings fan this season. Yeah, I think he's over. He's yeah. a little overloved, to be honest. I mean, they're they don't like that. They're frustrated by Dalvin's injuries, and you know, yeah, I get that Madison's great, but to say that Madison is better than Cook, that that's stretching it for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna pump the brakes right there. Plus, he he's not. There's also some flaws in this game that I think can be fairly pointed out. I mean, there was a hole in the Detroit game. I'm not like nearby the red zone. I'm not sure if a lot of people will remember this, but he did not run through that hole exactly. I mean, I don't think his vision is, you know, the greatest. It's not bad, but, you know, it's not like Dalvin Cooks. And mm-hmm. in the Seattle game last year, you know, on fourth and one, you know, he there was a hole that he instead he just ran right in the middle of our center or guard pretty much. Mm-hmm. And we did not get it as a result. And, you know, that would eventually lead to the Seahawks, you know, coming down and beating us. But I'm not saying that's because of him, but that certainly did not help. But, but yeah, you know, he has some flaws to his game. He's not the fastest, but you're also not going to take him down easily. But once again, you know, I'd rather have a good balance of that, you know. And, yeah, once again, I think he's a little too overloved by Viking fans. Yeah, sure, he's had some good games. But at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go crazy about necessarily i mean yeah he had two 100 yard games but you know once again i need to see more of that exactly and i you know in the falcons game from last year you know he had only 26 rushing yards that's not good Uh, Mm -hmm. pittsburgh will definitely be a big test especially since i still think their defense is you know pretty good i'm not sure if it's like as dominant as it was for years but i still think it's good they still got some players so that's going to be a good test for them Absolutely. That's see, and that's what I'm saying because his few games so far this season, he's done well. He's even had over 100 yards game against Detroit. Thing is, you look at the three games he started this season: Detroit yeah. Lions defense, Detroit Lions defense, and Seahawks defense. Those yeah, are they're three, not good. Three of the worst run stopping defenses in football. Now going up against the um, prime time matchup, lights are on there. Going up against Seattle, no, no, against uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean to say. Going up against Pittsburgh Steelers primetime, that's going to really test what he's capable of. And if he surprises us, I financially, it makes sense to trade away Dalvin Cook. Possibly, yeah. Because we have to look at the future for this team, and the future of this team is not Mike Zimmer and and Kirk Cousins, and this regime is done. You have to fix what you've... Um, should have fixed a few years ago here. And that starts with getting a new head coach and um, trying to get a new quarterback. You also have to ink in Justin Jefferson, a long-term contract. Knowing Jefferson, what what I know about him, he's not going to settle for being the sixth most paid wide receiver. He's going to want to be the highest paid wide receiver up there in top three, and rightfully so. So if the Vikings have to be able to give him this next contract after 2022 season. They're going to have to ink in a new contract for him. He's going to want to hire to be one of the highest paid wide receivers because he that's where he's valued at. And uh, it's more about what the money says than uh, actually about the money because he's a diva wide receiver. I believe he is. And um, that's that's okay. Coming from a top three wide receiver, that's acceptable. You think he's a diva? When it comes to, um, see, you look at it, because he's asking for targets all game long. And I mean, yeah, he's not completely wrong, but mm-hmm. yeah. Because he just, and rightfully so. I mean, you look at it, when we target, the Vikings offense looks best when they target Justin Jefferson. And you saw this against the Detroit Lions game. The only time the Vikings offense looked good was when they target Justin Jefferson. So he should yeah. be out there 
complaining because that's what he did. He complained about targets. And I was talking about this in the Thanksgiving episode, what I'm thankful for. One of the things I'm thankful for is that Justin Jefferson has that kind of personality because um, it's helping this. It's giving this Vikings offense a new identity is what it is uh, when he complains about targets. So I love to see that happen from another thing I said I was thankful for. I was thankful that the Eagles drafted Jalen Reger. Very thankful yes. for that. Yeah, thank thanks, you, Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> thank you, Eagles. You get, they gave us a top three receiver in the league right now. Yes. So as a whole, rebuilding this team starts with head coach. Starts with getting rid of Clint Kubiak. That's a no-brainer. That should have been done mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Same with Mike Zimmer. Yes. And then you're looking at the rest of our coaching staff. Now, I already talked about Andre Patterson. I love Andre Patterson. There's another guy I love. I love Ryan Feiken. But in charge What's of everybody... He's our special teams coordinator. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Really turn the special teams around. Um, mm-hmm. But someone who's been here a long time, Rick Spielman. Oh, yeah. Do we get? Do we move on? Does Ziggy fire Spielman? Is this the time? Now, that is a tough one for me. Uh, I mean, I, I think Spielman's a good GM for the most part. I don't think he, I don't think he deserves the hate he gets sometimes. But, yeah, there's been times in the draft where I feel like he's passed up on a certain player that I really wish we could have gotten, whether it's in the first or late rounds. But let's take a look at the last first-round picks that he's gotten since 2015. Now, Trey Waynes, you know, I didn't think he was that bad, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he wasn't great, and he didn't live up to being number 11 overall. But, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't bad. He was okay, but he wasn't anything to raise heck about. And Eric Hendricks, who was our second-round pick, ended up being – much better than he was and look Kendricks is still here while Waynes is in Cincinnati who I have not heard much from Waynes from Cincinnati I heard that he's been hurt for the most part Mm -hmm. and a little overpaid in my opinion but I don't know how he's done production wise but you know who knows Uh, I'll I'll have to check that out sometime but I don't think I've heard too much positive or negative I think it's been meh overall uh, 2016, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell bust, not not even a question. That was just bad. That was probably Rick Spielman's worst draft class ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, yeah, I'm not really a big Mackenzie guy, but, you know, he's still here. He's still in the league, and he's not fighting for teams. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's still on our team, while Treadwell is now on his third team with the freaking uh, Jaguars, for crying out loud. Poor, poor dude, but – you know, he just, he never became what we wanted him to be. And yeah, that was, in my opinion, probably Spielman's worst pick. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 2017, uh, we didn't have a first round, but hey, we scored when Dalvin Cook was, you know, still on the boards. I did not expect Dalvin Cook to be there. I thought he would have been gone within the first round, but no, he was right there. We traded up and we got him. And, you know, that worked out just well, despite some injuries. And, you know, having him has been a lot of fun. He might be my second favorite Vikings running back easily behind Adrian Peterson, uh, for sure. And, you know, yeah, moving on to 2018, we got Mike Hughes. Now, Mike Hughes, you know, he was just, I hate to say it, but he was just glass. Like, he was not good. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, maybe he showed some signs, but I, I wasn't really that, aside from the the pick six in the Niners game, I feel like that was the last kind of greatness we got from him, really, because everything else he did, I, I wasn't really – injuries that impressed with yeah injuries just piled up on him and it just yeah he just was not it just did not work out he he just could not get on the field he only had a total of 24 uh, career games which I'm sorry that's not good enough for me and you know he's just injured too much and can't really improve or 
give any kind of production that your team's expecting out of you if you're not on the field, you know. And then for the second round, you have Brian O'Neill, who a lot of people were not expecting him to become what he is now. The second highest paid right tackle in the league. I think he's played well deservingly mm-hmm. of that. I mean, this year has been a monster year for him. And I I I love that guy. He he has been fantastic and once again has outplayed our first round pick while Hughes is now on his second team for the Chiefs, which I, I've actually seen some pretty good stuff from Hughes, like some positives, but I, I haven't heard too much. But you know, I'm sure he hasn't been too bad. I, I kind of vote for his sake. He's been good. I mean, you never want to root for a guy to fail, but I, I hope he's been, you know, somewhat decent for the Chiefs. But you know, uh, it is what it is and what happened happened. 2019, we go to Garrett Bradbury. Oh man, I think he's yeah, I think he I think it'd be safe to call him a bust at this point. Yeah. I don't think he's, you know, horrendously awful, but he's not good. He's he's physically, you know, he's physically weak. He gets pushed back. I mean, he gets blown backwards almost every play. Small you never guy. see that from a center. And the fact that we have to rely on big guards to help our first round center. That's, that's not good. That's not a good sign. And that's just bad. And, you know, Herb Smith Jr. I know a lot, some people, I I've liked Herb Smith a lot more than him. And it sucks that Herb Smith has got gotten limited by injuries and that we missed out on them this year. But, you know, Herb Smith has done a lot more for the Vikings, I think than Bradbury has by far. And Bradbury uh, time is already clicking out on him. I think the fans, uh, I don't and rightfully so, and even myself would probably like to move on from him. Uh, speaking of which, another draft target, uh, if we were to go offensive line, would be Tyler Lindenbaum from uh, Iowa could be a good replacement. I know uh, from the weight he's been a, a bit, um, he's a much more lighter, but you know he could get stronger and he's much faster than Bradbury is, and you know maybe he'll turn out just fine. But you know that that's a whole different discussion. But yeah, Bradbury has not been that great. Uh, uh, actually, no, not good at all. He's been below average to possibly just bad. But yeah, moving on, 2020, uh, Justin Jefferson, boom, easily Spielman's best pick, pick by far. I think, uh, I think that's his best pick, pick by far. I mean, yeah, it's debatable, but I he's definitely right up there, and it's not even a question. Jeff Gladney, that that one kills me. You know, he did that I to do himself. anything about that. Yeah, he did that to himself, and mm-hmm. yeah, that I I, th- I felt that he had a lot of potential to grow. I liked the things I saw from him last year, but nah, he ruined that, and mm-hmm. that disappoints me. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that, but once again, that that makes it look bad considering on considering on who you passed on. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, Ezra Cleveland has been obviously much better than Jeff Gladney by default. Really, I know once again. Not much you can do, but you know Ezra Cleveland's starting to finally find this groove. I think I think he's been an underrated player, and yeah, that's about it. And yes, you have Christian Darrisaw, but that's to be determined. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. Hopefully, injuries doesn't also mess with Darrisaw's career. But I think yeah. it's more, it's less about because Spielman has been very mediocre when it comes to his uh, day one draft picks and day two draft picks. I mm-hmm. he really shines on day three because that's when he's nice. a mastermind, and that's when we really find the most value in our players. I mean, you saw with Michael Pierce going out how great of a player Armand Watts was. You see right now, he drafted J. Ron Curse, how great he's been with the Cowboys this year. Uh, He's drafted many players who have really stepped into the role. I mean, even Chris Boyd has surprised us in the preseason. Um, 
we see some uh, we see some shine from a lot of our day three draft picks, and um, I believe that's where he really shines. But all in all, if the don't you believe if if uh, Kirk and if uh, Zimmer, all these players got to go and all these coaches got to go, you got to start with the GM. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assumption. And if he and if he ends up going out the door, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be upset about it. I mean, there's also some times where I don't think he's aggressive enough necessarily. I mean, I think I thought that he's traded back way too much at times. I mean, yeah, maybe it's paid off, but sometimes it just really doesn't. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And then, of course, oh, yeah, funny story. I remember Zimmer wanting to pull all the phones, plugs to the phone because he kept trading back one time. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, I don't blame him, but still – Sometimes I feel like he doesn't trade up. Now, sure, maybe there's not a reason to trade up necessarily all the time. But once again, it's like if there's a certain player that's really grabbing at you, you know, do whatever it takes to get that that player. You know, I don't feel like he's aggressive enough as it seems sometimes. And I don't know if he's in charge of signing the free agents. I think I think he is. But um, I don't I mean, yeah, you can only do what your cap cap amount is, but. I feel like we don't go for those certain players now. Yeah, you can blame the cap signings on other players, but mm-hmm. you know, once again, you know, it's you know, you you still got have to try uh, getting that one certain player that could make that difference to your team. Sometimes, like the offensive linemen he's tried signing for to find answers for have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Dozier, oof. Uh, who else? Uh, Tom Compton, don't, don't even get me started. Uh, the defenders came straight out of Compton to get to the quarterback. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mike Remmers, which I, I didn't think he was that bad of a tackle. But once you moved him into guard, it was all over for him. Like mm-hmm. that's where it just went downhill. And Riley Reef, who was a little up and down, I think looking back, I feel like he was maybe a little underappreciated, but eh, it is what it is. But yeah, you know, I also feel like he doesn't make enough good enough moves at times, but you know, I, I, but he's not completely awful. I don't think, but you know, he, he's a bit of a mixed bag. I think he's, I think it'd be fair to say if he's a below, uh, not below, but uh, about an average to above GM in some cases. And yeah, you know, he also signed Kirk to that, you know, $84 million deal. And while Kirk is not a bad player himself, we haven't really, we haven't really been able to progress as far as we've been wanting to go to. I mean, the farthest we got with Kirk was, uh, and I'm not blaming Kirk necessarily, but the farthest we got was the divisional round and that's about it. We haven't really done anything else since. And his contract has kind of prevented us from, you know, getting anybody else who could potentially help us. And yeah, you know, I think Spielman could definitely be a factor in going, I guess my only problem or my only question would be, uh, who would we get for a GM replacement? Cause I, yeah. I, cause I, I would not, I don't know where to look for like mm-hmm. in a GM replacement, I guess player VIPs from certain teams or something like that. But once again, or analysts, uh, maybe, I don't know, but once again, I don't know where I would look for, to find a good GM, but who knows? You can't be scared of the unknown. You gotta, you gotta clean house. You gotta clean house, you know, find out the answers later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's my thing with them. It's, it's, it'd be hard to get, a GM better than Spielman. I mean, he's a mastermind when it comes to draft day. And um, like you said, he hasn't like 
been aggressive trading up, but that's mostly in the first mm -hmm. round. He typically trades down and um, mm -hmm. finds value in the day three draft picks. Although he did try to trade up for Justin Fields and also tried to trade up for Justin Jefferson the year before that. Yeah. Kind of glad at this point that we didn't trade up for Justin Fields though, but um, <laughs> the way he's been playing with the Bears. Uh, but as a whole, it'd be hard to find a replacement, but my take is that it's worth it because the yeah. the um, potential is so high with this Vikings team if we can just get a good GM and build around the pass game because, I mean, we first need to find a different passer. I mean, we can also try to use Kirk, um, make Kirk work in the 2022 season. We just don't, we haven't seen what Kirk is completely capable of because Mike Zimmer's his head coach because Clint Kubiak's his offensive play caller. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's where it needs to start because that's the biggest factor in why we lost the Lions. The biggest reason why we lost a majority of these games was because of our coaching staff. Now, I understand yeah. injuries... If the Vikings had all their players healthy, they likely would have beat the Lions. But as a whole, even without those players, we are better than the Lions. And the reason why mm -hmm. we lost is simply because of those two names right there. But yes. someone like Spielman's another name that people don't mention a lot because Spielman's been under this back and forth the last decade with this team where I've only seen a couple of memorable good seasons with the Vikings the last decade. And they didn't end well at the end either way so yeah. <laughs> as a whole with it it's like spielman's a great gm but we can do better and that's why i yeah, just believe at this point 2021 i believe i've seen enough from this uh regime and i think ziggy's just got a completely clean house and only keep andre patterson if he wants to stay and ryan feichen who's been an excellent special teams coordinator and i just want to give him a little credit there because this special team is much better than it's been the last two seasons especially with Nwangu as our kick returner love that man but as a yeah. whole it starts with the coaching staff and um now that we're hitting about to hit uh 12 o'clock we're going to start wrapping it up here so i just want to ask you um would you anything else that you would like to say about um maybe your instagram account or anything else to the listeners yeah guys uh if you uh, are just seeing me for the first time uh be sure to and if you want more of my takes and more of my personal thoughts and opinions uh be sure to follow me at purple rain Vikings uh, on Instagram and, you know, check me out on Facebook too, and maybe consider my YouTube channel, even though I haven't done anything with that yet, but I'll definitely start figuring that out soon. I, you know, I'm almost, I'm like 19, 18 followers away from 2000. So if I could get there, that would be amazing. And I would love you for that. And yeah, just thank you for, thank you all for watching uh, me and, you know, Hey man, thanks for having me. This was yes. a lot of fun. 100%. Thank you for coming on. It was good talking and uh, it was good talking with you and had a great time um, really ranting about this Vikings team, what we're kind of yes. tired of uh, seeing over and over with this team. But okay, that's going to wrap up episode 139 of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all did enjoy that. Um, and hopefully the Steelers game can go a lot better than the Detroit Lions game. Um, had a great time talking with Purple Rain Vikings. I um, would highly recommend you guys check him out on Instagram. Good guy. Had fun talking with him and um, had a great time uh, looking at this Minnesota Vikings game with the Detroit Lions as well and up upcoming one with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday Night Football. Very short week, but I hope we can fix what uh, we should have fixed years ago if this game does not go our way. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. I hope you all did enjoy. If you did, be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast for more Minnesota Vikings football related content. Thank you. Have a great day. Oh, 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 oh,